Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. About a month ago, I saw a horrible video that went viral, and it was of a group of men in Dallas brutally beating a transgender woman. It was just right in the middle of the street, and dozens of people were just watching, almost as if it was a sport. I didn't know her name or her story at the time, but the video was just awful. And eventually we learned that the person in that video that was being beaten by that mob was a 23-year-old transgender woman named Malaysia Booker and she spoke out about it she told her story and yesterday we just learned that about a month after she was beaten in that video that she was shot and killed in Dallas this past weekend and I'm dedicating today's episode not just to Malaysia but for us to have a hard necessary conversation where we talk about the epidemic of violence against black trans women in this country. We must confront it, and it has to stop. We must all check ourselves and ask if we're contributing to this problem in any way, knowingly or unknowingly. And we must make up in our minds that we will do better. I'll end today with a success story about a major action step victory that we just had today. That's in Tennessee, and thousands of you helped make that happen. I'm proud of each of you. Let's dig in. This is Sean King, and you are listening to The, the, the Breakdown. The Breakdown. The Breakdown. It was called hate-based, shocking, and brutal. This was the video of a Dallas transgender woman. People recorded her being attacked, beaten by at least one man and more. Others joining in as well. Tonight, the news is worse. Malaysia Booker is dead. Dallas police confirming someone shot and killed her. Today at approximately 3 p.m., the victim was positively identified as Malaysia Booker. She became a victim of mob violence and video proof of people urging that violence on. This time it was me, the next time it could be someone else close to you. Malaysia Booker received nationwide attention in April after her recorded attack by a group of men. Booker, a transgender woman, faced that attack after a car accident and argument escalated outside the Dallas apartment complex. Tonight, Dallas police say officers responded to this isolated East Dallas street on Saturday morning on reports of gunshots. It was after the medical examiner uh, was able to positively identify our victim and we were informed that the victim was in fact Malaysia Booker. Hate is really a mutating virus. It leaps from host to host taking on new forms and new expressions. But it's not new. It's ancient. From the beginning of time, deep into antiquity, we see hate. And as easy as it would be for us to reduce hate 
as something that bigoted white people in America own all into themselves, that oversimplification is just not true. Each of us has the ability to be hateful. None of us have minds or souls or hearts that are impervious to hate. And today is not about me giving you some fresh definitions of what racism is or what sexism is, because those are systemic. White supremacy is systemic. And I'm not here today to challenge those definitions or to expand those definitions. But today I am here for us to confront a very particular type of hate. And toxic masculinity, truth be told, is at the root of it. Last year, at least 26 transgender people were violently murdered in the United States. Many inside experts actually believe that that number could be as high as 50 or 60. And dozens of transgender folk are missing all over the country. And many of them are presumed dead as well. And not all of them. But the strong majority of the missing and murdered transgender folk in this country are black. And at least five transgender women have already been killed so far this year. Last year in Jacksonville, Florida alone, four black transgender women were shot and three were killed. In fact, you'd struggle to find a single demographic more likely to experience extreme violence than black transgender women in this country. And for the next few minutes, I just want us to have an open, honest conversation about what I think is at play. Now, we have an extremely diverse base of listeners. We have listeners from nearly 200 countries, from all 50 states, from every major city in the world from every faith and religion, and from every type of ethnic and racial and cultural background. So some of what I'm going to say is going to challenge many of you. And I want to apologize in advance if my words fail me in this episode. And I say that because I am learning and I am growing and getting more informed about the real struggles of being transgender in the United States. I am not an expert on this. But I have been brutally beaten before. When I was just 15 years old, a racist mob of white students beat me in much the same way that Malaysia was beaten in Dallas last month. I had fractures in my face and ribs and required three spinal surgeries to recover from it all. And I missed nearly two years of high school because of it. And it changed my life forever. It's hard for me to believe, but that was nearly 25 years ago. And what that did, what the assault and the recovery did, was it made me hyper-aware and hypersensitive to people in pain, physical pain and emotional pain. It made me hyper-aware and hypersensitive to people who are being bullied, no matter why. And on that level, at least, I identify with what Malaysia Booker experienced. But I have to confess that I have no idea what it must be like 
to be born a biological male or be born a biological female or be born and even feel from birth that you simply don't fit into either gender category or feel that you are being placed in the wrong gender category or feel that there should not be gender categories. I don't, I don't understand that because that has not been my lived experience. And anytime I talk about this, particularly on social media, I see the hate and discrimination come out in the comments almost immediately. And it's always ugly, but it's also ignorant. And I use that word ignorant on purpose, and I mean that in the real sense of the word. People just don't know what they're talking about. And what I see are people saying that it's a lie, that we are all either men or women, that we don't get to choose to be a man if we were a woman or we don't get to choose to be a woman if we are a man. I see people saying that being transgender is an abomination, that it's a sin. As a former pastor, I find that one of people saying it's a sin I find that particularly peculiar because the people calling it a sin seem to consistently be the worst sinners among us. I see people saying that with all the problems we have in the black community, like police brutality and mass incarceration, where millions and millions of people are locked up, that it's a waste for men to become women and women to become men. I see people say, I saw it just today, that it hurts the race, that it sets us back. And I'm not sure that any of those people fully understand. I'm not sure that they understand that every time you make one of those comments, it may be how you really feel. Okay, I acknowledge that. It may be how you really feel. But those comments, which are more about your confusion on the issue than anything else, those comments actually make transgender people less safe in society. And let me explain what I mean. When you say that the very identity of a person is a sin, a lie, an abomination, a disgrace, a setback for the race, when you say that, whether you intend to or not, you devalue the humanity of that person. And not just of the single person or single photo or single video that you may be talking about, but you devalue all transgender people. And maybe you say, no, no, Sean, that's not possible. But let me flip it around for a moment. Because maybe you can never imagine yourself being transgender, and that's fine. I get that. But let's imagine, let's imagine for a moment that suddenly all of society, All of society turned and the dominant popular view became that it was an abomination to be heterosexual, that it was a sin to be straight, that it's wrong to be straight, that it was ugly and horrible to be straight. Or let's flip it to your eye color or your hair color or your height. Imagine all of a sudden that it was regularly called a sin, a stain, a waste, horrible, ugly, an abomination, wrong to be your height, to be your weight, to have your eye color, your hair color, your hairstyle, would you still feel safe if you knew? Would you still feel safe 
if you knew that millions of people looked at you and thought that you were a sin, that you were a crime, that you are a shame, that you are disgusting, I wouldn't feel safe. And if you're being honest, you wouldn't either. And here's what happens. When the humanity of an entire group of people, because they are Jewish, because they are black, or because they are Muslims, or because they are immigrants, when the humanity of an entire group of people is devalued, it gives people who aren't in that devalued group the sense that they can be abusive without consequence. It gives them the sense that they can be verbally abusive without consequences or that they can be physically abusive without consequences. That's why hate crimes are currently at the highest rate ever measured in American history. People have been given the distinct impression from the president of the United States right on down that certain people and certain categories and distinctions of people are better than others, that certain lives matter more than others. Now, the United States has always played that game, but it's bad and disturbing right now. When the president of the United States pardons war criminals who murdered Muslim children in cold blood, guess what signal that sends? Who gets devalued there? When the president calls neo-Nazis who just murdered a woman and brutally beat a man, when the president calls those neo-Nazis very fine people, guess what signal that sends? And when any of us, including me, including you, devalue the humanity of trans people, we send a horrible signal that it's okay to be abusive. And you and I may say, well, I I didn't mean to send that signal. I didn't mean to send that message. And I understand that. So I'm trying to teach you right now the difference between impact and intention. And thank God for my wife, Ray King. Ray taught me this the difference between impact and intention. You might not have intended your words to be harmful, but we aren't just responsible for our intentions. We are also responsible for the impact of our words and actions. And sometimes the impact of our words, the impact of our actions can be far worse than our intentions. But here's the thing, we're responsible for both. And just for a moment, I need to break something down for you. Break it, break it down. I don't think that any of us would argue against racism being real in America. And maybe one day I'll do a whole episode just breaking that down. But in this country, black lives are regularly not treated with the same level of value as other lives. And I hope that's obvious to you by now. But in a painful way that we don't really talk about enough, that message of the value of black lives, it can also be internalized. 
and just go with me for a second. Because just as black lives are not equally valued by some, trans lives are not equally valued by some. And I think that what we're seeing right now is a painful pathology, a nexus of toxic masculinity, where the lives of black trans women are valued so little, demeaned so much, that we have a situation where black trans women are being treated like throwaway people. They are being beaten, assaulted, used, sometimes for pleasure. And that's a whole different conversation, but it's a part of it, honestly. Trans women, black trans women are being beaten, assaulted, used, then discarded. And what we're seeing here is that discarded often means shot, killed, stabbed to death, strangled, mutilated, and frequently thrown away like trash. And what I want you to know is that there's no difficult problem in this country that will ever disappear on its own. That's not how problems are solved. They don't just go away. And for this problem of violence, horrible violence against black trans women and black trans folk, I have a few internal action steps for each of us. Today, first and foremost, I want you to do some sincere reflecting on how your views about transgender people may actually make transgender folk less safe in society. Please remember what I said earlier about intention and impact. You may do this reflecting and say, well, my intention was never bad, but I want you to particularly consider that your intentions and impact are not always the same. And having intentions that may not have been bad does not excuse or let us off the hook from the impact of our thoughts and words and actions. Ask yourself, would you stop someone from telling a cruel joke about trans folk? Would you tell a joke yourself and feel okay about it? Would you intervene if you saw a trans person being assaulted or ridiculed? Would you? Just for a moment, I want you to consider how you could grow in this area of your life. And the second action step for today is simple. It's just a form of homework. And I simply want you to do a Google search of the following words. Just do a Google search of these words, black, transgender, murders, violence, trend, black, transgender, murders, violence, trend. That's going to pull up a whole host of articles. And I want you to educate yourself and read those articles. And I want you to learn the names and learn the stories and see the faces of the people whose lives have been taken on our watch. And I'll close today 
with one final story and update on a huge action step victory that we all had together. Tennessee House Speaker Glenn Cassida just announced his resignation. And thousands and thousands of you helped make that happen. On two different episodes of The Breakdown, we told you all the story of his abusive and unethical practices. And we called on each of you to take some action steps with us to call for his resignation. And thousands of you called the governor of Tennessee. You called state legislators. You called the DA. And you asked that they intervene. You asked that they call for his resignation. And today, after thousands of our calls and emails, today, House Speaker Glenn Cassida, the Speaker of the House in Tennessee, who has just been not just horrible to black people there in Tennessee, but has just been a deeply corrupt and unethical leader altogether, he just announced his resignation. Together, listen to me, together we're strong. We have power together. And listen, when we started the North Star, when we started this podcast, The Breakdown, we didn't just start it to change the news. We started it to change the world. And I'm so proud of each of you who took those action steps. And if you've never taken the action steps with us, it's never too late to start. Let's continue taking those action steps, all right? Break it down. The break, the break, the break, the break, the break, the break. Thank you all for making it all the way through this episode of The Breakdown. If you haven't already subscribed to our podcast, we'll be right back here every single weekday. We'll be right back here tomorrow, breaking down important news stories and issues. And we'd love for you to subscribe on your favorite podcast apps like Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And please share this podcast with your friends and family, because our next big goal is to get to 100,000 subscribers, and we just won't get there without you. Have you left a review yet? Now, on Apple Podcasts, we have over 7,000 five-star reviews, but we're aiming for 10,000. So we still want to hear from you. So please leave your best review when you get some time. Thank you, of course, to the nearly 30,000 founding members of the North Star, whose generosity even makes this podcast possible. We love and appreciate each of you so very much. Now, if you love this podcast and you want to support our work, or you want to see the show notes and transcripts for each episode, we'd love it if you'd consider becoming a founding member of our community. And you can do that now at thenorthstar.com. There we not only have our podcast, but hundreds of original articles and stories and commentaries from some of the leading scholars and thinkers and journalists in the world. Lastly, a shout out to our associate producer, Lissandra, and our podcasting director and senior producer, Willis, for their hard work on this and every episode. Take care, everybody.